This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, hour number two already. All right, it's 5 o'clock here in the Bayou City. Let's go down to Port O'Connor. Let's check in with Captain Lynn Smith this morning. Morning, Lynn. What's up, bud? Well, good morning. Um, just watching that south wind blow. I yeah, buddy. It's, it's southwest up here. It's more south down your way? Yeah, it's a little more south. Yeah. And uh, it'll swing around to the southwest after daylight. Yeah, but uh, that's what it's been doing, and uh, and I'm sure it'll do it tomorrow. I hate that that wind's up because I've been doing good on top orders, you know, early, right? And uh, and now with that wind blowing like that, I don't know. It's gonna be tough on where I've been fishing, but anyway, you just gotta make do with what you got. Uh, I've got a couple tomorrow that uh, we're gonna throw top orders and plastic and stuff like that. We're just going to wait and throw artificial, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's been, it's going to be kind of tough tomorrow. I got a feeling going to be a little slow. Yeah. We're in that Southwest 10 to 20 forecast for the next few days, man. It's kind of another little rut that's creeped in here on us, man. It was, man, we've been, had these little spoiler stretches where boy, you think, man, we're back in a summer pattern. It's going to be calm every morning. And you know, Oh man! Uh, here we go back with this mess again. Well, I tell you what. Yesterday, I I didn't have a party yesterday, so I said, "Well, I'm just gonna leave them with it. Uh, I I don't want to hit the water with the, all these crazies coming to town, you know." Right. And uh, boy, they were just Friday afternoon. They were just car Stir them like car a stick. Pulling. Oh my goodness! Yeah, there were three tournaments yesterday here. Oh three. Lord. So you can imagine how many boats were on the water yesterday. And uh, anyway, one of my uh, one of my customers uh, called me and he said uh, he said I'm a he said we're gonna go out tomorrow if you want to go with us. I said no, I think I'll pass. <laughs> I said uh, y'all go ahead, I'll go ahead and just beat them up yourself. Well, I talked to him and they they had a tough time. I think they had one trout. That's all they had. Man. They caught some small ones, caught a bunch of small fish, but. They had one 19-inch trout, and that was that was about it. But it was just a real slow bite. And you know, working, coming off that full moon, and everything, it 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 makes it tough. And uh, especially with that wind. 
and uh, throwing these top orders, uh, these reds, and I mean some good reds, you know, 27 to 28-inch reds, come just roaring up behind that top order and then turn off. You know, they just swirl on it and turn off. Yeah, that you just get your attention. They just they just won't eat. Doesn't that aggravate you when you see that happening? That oh, just drives you oh, nuts. Oh man, I'm telling you. I mean, we we've all seen it. I mean, you know, we all go through it. And uh, well, you know, they're feeding at night, and uh, you know, the old saying, you know, full moon fish at noon. You know, that <laughs> noon pattern. Uh, That's true. Midday pattern, noon. buddy. That's right. Midday. But anyway, it is what it is. So yesterday I said, heck, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to Houston to the uh, Hunter's Extravaganza. <laughs> so I ran up there to your territory right? and went to that show. And that was a good show. It uh, They've got uh, a, lot of, a lot of good booths and everything there, a lot of good exhibitors. I was impressed. But uh, I went up there mainly to talk to uh, the ranch manager, that um, the game manager that manages that ranch in George West. That mm-hmm. I hunt on and I got on, and uh, anyway, we got together. And he wants to book, uh, he wants to book at least two more management hunts in November, and uh, he needs some hunters to shoot some of these eight pointers, you know. Right, you, you know, you've always want to get rid of those eight pointers before the breeding starts, and right. uh, the big mature eights. And goodness knows, we've had some good ones in the past, you know, really, yeah, big I've, eight. I've... I've seen some pictures you sent me, some Monster H, my dream buck, you know. Oh, yeah. But, you know, there's nothing prettier than a big old eight, you know, big old eight pointer. Yeah. And uh, I just, you know, I, I shot one day uh, just for the heck of it. I need the, needed a deer. And so the manager said, well, why don't you go to a certain blind, uh, one blind, and we got too many eight pointers over there. And I got there right at, it was breaking day, and uh I could see activity, and there were four eight points chasing one doe. And, boy, she was back and forth and back and forth. And uh, a lot of them were broken up. A lot of these bucks were, their horns were already broken up. These were big, mature chocolate horn deer, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, man, look at this. And so there was one that wasn't broken up, but he didn't have tall times. He was wide. He was 20 inches wide, but he didn't have real tall times. But he was a big-bodied deer. Right, and so I figured, man, you stop, you're in trouble. Well, he stopped, you know, and uh, so I popped him. Well, I had a that morning. I had a suburban that had a a uh, game hauler on the front of the suburban. Well, it was up pretty high, and it was raining. It was kind of uh, drizzling rain, and and uh, I couldn't get that deer up on that game hauler. I mean, by myself. I mean, I said, good grief. So I tried several times and couldn't quite get him over the edge up on that hauler so i called this young man that helped us at the ranch and i said why don't you come over here to the stand and help me get this deer on this game hauler well he got over there and we loaded up that deer and i said man i, I know this deer weighs well over 200 pounds there's no yeah. doubt about it yeah. well anyway we got him back to the ranch house and hoist him up on the scale and on the hoof before before i field dressed him or anything or skinned him he weighed 235 that's a good one uh, and yeah and when I cleaned him and everything, he didn't have an ounce of fat on him because they'd been running those doughs. He'd already so run all that fat off. Wonder what that deer weighed before rut. You know, I figured, that's I figured two fifty or better. Yeah, you know, monster. Yeah, we killed a doe 
one year when we were we were harvesting does and uh we had one of the guys shot a doe that, that weighed on the hoof weighed 190 pounds man that's, that's a, a monster, monster doe that is that huge is, that is a monster doe and i mean she looked like we, we hung her up in the in the walk-in cooler and it looked like a four-year-old buck is what it looked like <laughs> i mean that that was a big doe and uh the biologist came over to the ranch and we were talking to him we showed him the deer and he said you know he said that doe had never bred she had never put off that scent and so the bucks didn't chase her yeah she didn't and run so, any of her fat off no all she did is hang out the feeders <laughs> that's it you know living the and, dream uh, eating and unharassed she was man <laughs> but she was an older doe but good grief man she 190 pounds is what she weighed i mean it's a monster man but i anyway, shot a nine point at blaine's one time and it was uh right in the middle of the rut you know it was late in the year and uh i popped that deer and we pulled down there to pick it up and throw it in a truck and blaine goes man i don't know what i said well let me get up in the truck and i'll grab the horns and it took all we had to get that big old deer in there. I said, man, this thing's huge. Well, it weighed oh, 220. Yeah. yeah. And it, uh, we didn't realize how big it was, you know, the body on it. And then when the horns even looked better once we got out there, the horns didn't look that good to me because the deer's body was so big. Right. And, uh, then we went and picked up another guy, and we threw his buck in there next to it, and he goes, Miles, Lord, <laughs> how big is that deer? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I said, we're going to yeah, well, weigh this one. Oh, there's some big old deer in South Texas, I'm here to tell you. There is. I mean, nothing like, you know, Alberta, Canada or anything. That's a whole different no. deal than Canadian whitetails. But, uh, man, for Texas, you start busting 200 pounds on bucks in the middle of the rut, That's those, those are some big oh. boys. Well, I'm telling you. Well, anyway, this uh, ranch manager, he wants to, he wants to put together uh, at least a couple – management hunts and, and shoot some eight pointers and uh, which is good you know we need to get get them off the ranch before the rut starts so he does wants he to do, do it that with uh like lodging and all that everything lodging everything. meal meals uh and guide so everything's included all included and uh so anyway i'd like to take out no more than four four guys per hunt but right. anyway he's He's going to do, he wants to do um, two to three hunts in November. And what they do is they'll come in on Sunday afternoon into the ranch. And what we do is we shoot them in, take them out to the range, shoot their rifles, make sure they're on. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they hunt Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And that's so, what, two hunts a day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Morning yeah, and morning, afternoon. Morning and afternoons, yeah. You bet. And, how, uh, much, how much is he going to charge for a deal like that? Charge thirty five hundred per hunter, and you get one reasonable. one buck, one buck, two does, all pigs you want, and uh, so it's it's not a bad deal. And no, not at got, all. That's very reasonable. We've got some eight pointers that's very impressive. <laughs> you know, wall hangers. They are, and that's what I was telling him. He and I were talking about it, and some of these hunters. Uh, that lease the ranch, they don't want to shoot an eight point anyway. I mean, they're after tens and twelves, you know. Right. And uh, so they 
they pass on all these eight pointers and I go, good grief, man. Some of these eight pointers are wall hangers. These are trophies for a lot of people, you know, I mean, these are big bucks, big bucks, you know, some of them big old chocolate horn deer. I was, I was sitting in a tripod one day up at the ranch. We had one tripod on the ranch and, uh, I'm sitting up there. It was a double tripod and I'm looking I'm glassing toward this, this feed pen and there were a couple of bucks in there and, and some does. And, and, uh, I had this young man up there with me and he was sitting on my left side and, uh, I just happened to just turn my head to the right. And there was a buck coming down that Sendera that just took your breath away. You know, he was a big old chocolate horn buck and uh, man, he was right up against the brush in that Sendera and, uh, when I saw him, I went, oh, my God, look at this. And, and that kid went, what? <laughs> Real loud. <laughs> and that buck just kind of lowered his head. Uh-oh. And he just slowly walked into that brush. But, boy, he would he took your breath away. He was so pretty. Uh-uh-uh. God. Boy, and I was I hoping he, he, he was headed to the feed pens where he was headed. Winter but, can't get uh, here soon enough. <laughs> no. No. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready for the change, at, man. <laughs> oh, it fired me up at the extravaganza yesterday. I, you know, I saw something on there. Facebook about it. Usually they advertise, you know, their show yeah. here. We never heard anything out of them this year. Well, boy, I'll tell you what. I, I walked around and talked to several of the ranchers there, and, and uh, I think it's going to be a good year. It's going to produce a lot of good deer, you know. Well, they had rains at the right time this year. They did. They did. And, uh you wouldn't know it now by looking at the countryside, but uh, that early foliage and all that, that's real important nutrients those deer yeah. need after coming off the rut and then the rest of the winter. Oh, yeah. And we had a good a fawn difference. crop, too. Good yeah. fawn crop. And, uh, you know, we fly the ranch with a helicopter and a biologist and, and do a count. And uh, I think they're going to do one in, uh, I think they're going to do one in October. But, uh there again, that's a little early to do one. Sometimes if, if the grass is too tall, you're not seeing all these fawns, you know. Sure. You're not seeing everything you've got really got. But then they make a count. The biologist makes a count. And he decides on uh, how many does and how many bucks you need to harvest off the place. And in the past, that has really, really paid off. I mean, you know, we when they first got this lease, uh, the biggest deer they killed on that place was a 154, and uh, and that's a good deer. Don't get me wrong, but that but still, that's if it was a 10 point, that's that's not a real big 10, right? And uh, so anyway, uh, now the the quality of the deer is incredible. Of course, feeding protein makes a big difference, you know. Yeah, management and protein. I mean, everything it goes. And this is a low fence ranch. I mean, yeah, it's not that's high that's fence. awesome for low fence. I mean, it's awesome for anything. Well, in 2012, uh, we killed a deer that was the third largest Boone and Crockett buck killed in Texas in 2012. Wow! And th- there was only three inches difference between him and number one. Man, and I saw that deer. Saw that deer three years in a row, but we couldn't get a shot at him. Right. And uh, I had a customer with me that was a good hunter and this you know we're just riding down the sendera coming back to the ranch house and i looked up on top of the hill and that big buck was had his head down trailing a doe 
And, uh, man, I slammed on the brakes, and I told that hunter, I said, get out, get out. And he got out of the truck, and he got along the edge of that Sendero, and he was running, trying to get close enough to get a shot at that deer. That deer was probably oh. 600 yards away. And uh, but you, but at that distance, you could see those horns. I mean, he had a rack on him. That you know, that's when you know it's a gorilla when that happens. Oh, Man, that's... it was. Hey, and let me knock amazing. this break out. We'll come back and talk some more about that deer. I'll be, I'll be right back with okay. you, Lynn. Hang on a second, All buddy. Right, well, you know, folks, Boyd's One Stop. They're the home of the supercharged, super slimy powerhouse croakers located right at the base of the Texas City Dyke at 227 Dyke Road. If you're looking for quality live bait for your next fishing trip, look no farther than Boyd's. From their tanks to your live well, that bait's as good as it can possibly be. And there's no better way to live your bait than with their oxygen response system. You can check them out firsthand at the store. They have them on display, different size bottles, all their regulators, diffusers. They refill your bottles right there at the store. And if you need more info, call Jason Cogburn, 281-701-8107. And check out all their wild-caught guff seafood while you're there at Boyd's. Uh, always got great availability and great prices for their big 9, 12, 16, 18s, and whatever you prefer on the size of your shrimp they've usually got them and plenty of them check them out on the web at boydsonestop.com or you can call the store at 409-945-4001 when you go by and see the good folks at boyds please tell them captain mickey sent you hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. My Maria. 
morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 520 here in the Bayou City. All right, Lynn, I had a couple of texts while I was at break. Uh, one guy wanted to know how much deposit or how does that work if somebody wants to book one of those, uh, you know, well, I can get them like that. I can get them uh, hooked up with the uh, hunt manager, mm-hmm. and uh, they give me a call. I give him his phone number, I and got you. Uh, and they can talk to him. He can explain everything to them. But basically, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how much deposit they're they're taking down. I know right. he's got two hunts already scheduled for four people each uh, mm-hmm. in December, but uh, but he you wants to book do these some for in November. November. Yeah. But these will be for November. So, uh, gotcha. anyway. George West, man, that's a hop, skip, and a jump, really. It's pretty pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, that's we're not about, a bad drive at all. Uh, we're 18 miles out of south, out of George West, going toward Freer. Going toward, uh, Freer. Yeah. Yeah, like if I uh, come into uh, George West, you know, and get to that four-way there where everybody stops and ices uh-huh. up and all that, just keep going straight or you turn right? Keep, keep no, keep going straight like you're going to Laredo. You know, I got you. You stay on, stay on 59. Yeah. In about 18, 18 miles. miles. There you go. That's mm-hmm. that man. That's quick. I drive through there all the time. You know, going to Blaine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, the first time I'll never forget, man. The first time I ever hunted South Texas, I went down to Raymondville and hunted mm-hmm. with uh, an old friend of mine. And I I had dove hunted with him for several years and everything around Houston area in um, Beaumont, Port Arthur area. But uh, I got down there in Raymondville, and I went, oh, my God, how does a deer survive in this brush? <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> there's not a whole lot to eat. How do they survive? And first buck I saw walk out, step out in the Sendero, my mouth fell wide open. And I mean, sounds... I said, good grief, look at these deer, man. And uh, I love just sitting in a stand and watching them, just watching them. Oh, yeah. Or even riding around, you know, when you're feeding roads, and you know if you oh, do yeah. it at the prime time when the when there's a lot of movement, it's kind of like being on an African safari, man. You just it uh, is. And South Texas kind of reminds you of Africa somewhat, you know. It it does. It does. You're waiting to you see know, a, one year a giraffe or a year, zebra walk out of the brush. <laughs> oh yeah, one year you know we had a we had a pretty bad drought, and uh, and the deer just didn't have much to eat while we were keeping those feeders full, you know, mm-hmm. protein and, and corn too. And, uh, man, i tell you what, uh, they were eating 3,000 pounds of protein a night. Oh, my that goodness. That's a, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of Put money. Put a pencil to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah put a pencil add that, that up. Oh, that'll yeah. add up quick. But, uh, I mean, they didn't have anything else to eat. I mean, we'd go no. to a, a feeder. And you know we've got a hopper and a and a motor driven you know worm gear deal, uh-huh. and so we pull up there and get the hose off and stick it up in the protein feeder, and I'd have that motor cranked up and running. And I'd look around, there'd be there'd be a dozen deer standing around thirty forty yards from you, coming out of the woodwork like rats, man. Yeah, they're just waiting on you to finish. And by the time you finish and you're driving off, you look back and they're walking to the feeder or run into the feeder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they hoover that protein, I'll tell you. <laughs> but, but, you know, unfortunately, a lot of those deer get, they get to where they're really dependent on that protein. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one year 
uh, I went to the uh, I went to the ranch and I was scouting, uh, just scouting a couple of stands and stuff to see what was there. And there were two great big old does, big mature does, came running up there to the stand. Well, I had corned, I had corned out in front of this feed pen, but we didn't have any protein. We didn't, we'd run out of protein. And uh, these two big old does walked out, and they were skin and bones. You could see their ribs and their hips. They were skinny. Huh. And they they trotted over to that feed pen and literally walked right over that corn. Wouldn't even touch it. They were one Yep. And they went around to every hose on that on that feeder and checked every one of them to see if there was any protein in it. And then they just walked off. They never ate a kernel of corn. So I got back to the ranch house and I told that ranch manager, I said, You better give them the phone and and, uh, and call them. Uh called Lisey Eccles there in, in uh feed place in uh George West. Yeah, Blaine Blaine buys a lot of a lot of stuff from them too. Does he? Yeah. And uh anyway, they brought out uh our hopper holes uh eleven tons. Eleven tons of protein. Huh. And they brought an eighteen wheeler out and filled it up and we started filling protein feeders till we emptied the hopper. My we literally gosh. emptied it. And uh, I went back oh, two, about two weeks later and uh, to help the guy fill feeders. And so we, we pulled up to a feeder, and uh, I said, well, Al, we've, we've already filled this one. He said, oh, I've already filled it again since you were here. I mean, My that's how much goodness. they were eating. Oh, those, those deer love it. And this isn't wasted protein either. I mean, it's, you know, just the deer are getting to it. Right. Pigs and the, and the cows. I mean, the pigs and the uh, raccoons. They don't. They can't get in these protein feeders. Yeah. But uh, man, I'll tell you what. That's that, you put a pencil to that. And that's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. Well, I tell you, deer hunting these days is big money. <laughs> if you're gonna it do is. it right. But, but look, you got to do it. Look right. at some of the deer people are raising now with all these management programs and the and the. Oh, protein and everything else yeah. i know oh it's it's crazy you know but this this particular ranch is low fence well the deer these big monster deer you see are in the middle of the ranch and they don't leave well know? they don't man when they're when they got it that good they're feeding and everything you're feeding them protein and all that i mean why leave their food source and their you know their habitat exactly and we'll see uh, during the year when the rut really kicks in and all that, you'll see, you'll see one particular deer you're watching. You'll see maybe at two or three different stands. Mm-hmm. They just make a circle, you know, chasing, right. mainly chasing a doe, you know, and wherever she's going, he's going. Yep. They'll get on a hot doe and just uh, stay, yep. stay in their perimeter. You know, and the well, does are right. territorial like that too. They, they pick an area of the ranch they live on and that's where they're going to stay. Oh Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, um, and you know, that they're going probably within a mile or so of of a circle, a radius, a mile radius or something like that uh, on the ranch. But you see them, you see the same deer sometimes at at different stands. You'll say, oh, I saw that deer at such and such stand, you know. Right. And uh, it was kind of funny. We, uh, We had this one, one area that we knew we had a lot of good deer in it. And we had a real, real old, wooden stand uh tower stand 
and so we wanted to take it down and put up a new, a brand new uh, Atatosha blind. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they came in, put the new blind up. We lowered that other one down, put the new stand up. And so the next morning, I, uh, I told the branch manager, I said, I think I'm going to, I'd like to go over that new stand and just see what's coming to that feed pen. And right. he said, yeah, yeah, let me know. So, so I was going to scout it out. I said, is there a chair in that, in that stand? He said, brand new one. There's a brand new one in there. I said, okay. So anyway, that next morning, boys, dark. <laughs> I get, I get to that stand. I'm trying to be real quiet, you know, and I climb up in that stand and, and, uh, I turned on my headlight and, uh, he had a brand new chair in there, but it was in pieces. It was all laying on the floor. <laughs> hadn't put it together yet. <laughs> so I had to sit on the floor of that stand that morning and put that chair together before I could hunt. <laughs> he still laughs about that. He said, well, it was a brand new chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. You were the first to sit uh, in it. How about that? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but uh, now going to that show sure fired me up. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Maybe it's good that I didn't uh, know about it and didn't go. Well, it's it's still going on today. Yeah, it's uh, it, what did it run Friday through today or something? Uh, through Sunday, I think today's the last day. But uh, but like I said, I was impressed. There were, I went around and talked to a bunch of people I knew, ran into a bunch of my bunch of my fishing customers and such as right. that, and uh, so it was. I had a good time when I left there. And I just was going to make a quick trip because I had to get back to Port O'Connor. But uh, I left there right at noon. And uh, when I pulled out of the parking lot, I looked down at my temperature gauge on my truck, and it was 104. At noon. That's what it was. Oh, that's been and hot, it stayed, man. And it stayed 100 degrees or better all the way back to Port Lavaca. And oh. then it started dropping now once you got around the water you know yeah temperature dropped but well i'm right there down. on on the bay and i've been hitting a bunch of 99s right there with a breeze coming off the water and stuff yeah absolutely the other it's day hot. i hit 100 it's just crazy and then you go just above i-10 and get away from the bay it'll be 102 103 i'm going my goodness yeah. man and it's, it's oh, been like that for a while now i mean how much more can we take well you know and i I've had a lot of customers cancel on me because the heat and I don't blame them a bit. And, uh, I tell them, you know, as soon as this, this high pressure gets out of here, uh, it's going to be a lot better, better fishing. Yeah, fishing fishing's tough enough as it is. Why be miserable too? <laughs> that's right. You know, I mean, I, I tell people now I go, look, we're just going to fish half a day and I guarantee you, we're not going to fish past about 10 30, 11 o'clock because it's just too hot. It's just miserable. Where's that and show I have at? At Reliant or George R. Brown? It's at the um, NRG. NRG? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I said yeah. Reliant. I meant NRG. Yeah. Old habits are hard to break. Let me knock this break oh. out. I'll be right back, Lynn. Hang on a second. All righty. Well, you know, folks, the Belleville Meat Market this week, they're double featuring pepper, bacon, pecan smoked sausage, and Texas blend smoked sausage. That's an all-natural smoked sausage inspired by their original garlic recipe. You can try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available there in their store. And on special seasoned chicken leg quarters, just $1.29 a pound. They're now serving hot dogs and pulled pork in their barbecue section. 
Hot dogs are available in original and cheddar. Custom processing on pigs and calves, they do that all year long. You can actually order a half calf or a hind quarter and have it processed any way you like. And wild game processing, they're still making their Vinny dogs and hog dogs. That's homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. Bring something home from your hunt. The whole family can enjoy all year long. The Belleville celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 535 here in the Bayou City. All right, Lynn, we're back, my friend. Boy, I was I was thinking while you were on commercial, I was thinking about the first time I went down to South Texas, down to Raymondville to hunt, and uh, we were going to stay, we were going to spend the night in this little shack. Now, I'm not going to call it a cabin because it was a shack, and uh, <laughs> it didn't even have doors on it. It had a blanket hanging over where the door oh, was. Oh, man, come on. Uh-uh. Yeah, so we went in there and uh, had cots and everything, cots with uh, bedrolls. And the first thing you did is you walked around in that shack and make sure there were no rattlesnakes in there with you. That's the first and, thing that uh, came to my mind when you said no doors. That's right. And uh, no rattlesnakes. And then you had to make sure there were no scorpions in those bedrolls. Right. Know? Ooh, that was roughing it, boy. That was yeah, roughing it. That, uh, <laughs> no, that's uh, – <laughs> Man, can you imagine waking up with a rattlesnake in bed with you? Remember years ago, 
the rifleman, you know, with Chuck Connors and Micah, mm-hmm. the sheriff, and all that. And it was him and his son and Micah. They were they laid out their bedrolls and they were tracking a bad guy or something, and they're all bedded down that night. And the next morning, Micah and whatever the boy's name was at Johnny Crawford or whatever, they get up and uh, Chuck Connors won't get out of that bedroll. He's got sweat beads pouring off his forehead. Had a huge <laughs> rattlesnake in the in his sleeping bag with him, and they lit a cigar. They burn a hole in the sleeping bag and blew smoke out of there in there to get the rattlesnake to come out so he wouldn't get bit. You remember oh that goodness. one? I remember no, seeing I that remember when that. I was a kid. I was on a rifleman. Ooh. Chuck Connors. Well, I'll tell you what. When I was in Boy Scouts, uh, we were at summer camp up in East Texas, Camp Bill Starks. Never forget this. And I was laying in a, in a cot. <laughs> And uh, one morning I woke up and I started to just roll out of that cot, you know, and I thought, no, something just told me, you know, just look under the cot before you get out. Right. And I looked under it and there was a copperhead crawled up under my cot. Oh, boy. Right under the cot. Yeah. So anyway, he would give you a good surprise. Yes. Copperheads are nasty. They are. They don't move. They just stand their ground. No, they do. They're aggressive. You know, They'll let you sit and step on them. I uh, I went downstairs here at my house one morning, and uh, I've got an ice machine downstairs, and it drains. The drain goes over, and I've got some bricks laying there and everything. Well, water kind of puddles around these bricks from the drain. And uh, I went down there one morning. It was kind of hot. And I looked, and there was a big old copperhead, and he was drinking water out of that, out of that oh. pond, out of that little pool, you know. And I went, oh, my goodness, look at this, you know. Well, I went over and I got a shovel, and I came back, and I figured I'm just going to chop his head off, you know. And I, I was aiming that shovel at him. I had it hanging that shovel over him, and he kind of backed off. And uh, before I could hit him with that shovel, he struck that, that shovel twice. Oh. He sh- he's, and he was a pretty good-sized copperhead. But, uh, but I ruined his whole day with that shovel, you know. But, yeah, I ruined one's whole day with a shotgun one night. <laughs> it was it's back, I don't know, around 2011 or whatever, you know, the last big drought we had. And mm-hmm. I'm watering my yard trying to keep it alive. I don't even do it anymore. I, I figured that out. It'll come back. No need burning your water well up trying to save. Oh, yeah. Come back. But no, I'd been watering. I had about five sprinklers going and hoses everywhere, you know, and it got dark and. I'm sitting on the porch and having a cocktail. I said, man, I'm going to run out there and turn all this water off. And I was barefoot, and I said, man, I better slide some shoes on. I slid some (laughs) shoes on and went out there and was turning them off. And the last one I turned off, when I was walking back up to the house, I looked down, and, and I carried a flashlight with me. You know, normally I wouldn't do it. I'd just do it in the dark, but I had a flashlight with me, and that that copperhead lit up in front of me. It's about a two-and-a-half, three-footer. I mean, it was a big one. It was fat. He's coiled yeah. up right by that sprinkler in that water, and I would have stepped right on that snake. Ooh, boy. Yeah. Intuition. That's uh, well, something how you, you know, always go with your first instinct. Oh, yeah. The same thing happened to me uh, Oh, back when I was in high school. Uh, senior in high school, I was a lifeguard at the country club there in Port Arthur. And uh, 
one of my duties was that I'd get there in the morning, early in the morning, and I'd go around and I'd turn on these pumps and and uh, I had to reach way down behind these tanks to turn a valve. Oh. And one morning I just something told me you better look, you know, and and uh, I leaned over and looked behind that tank down there toward that valve, and there was a, a cottonmouth crawled up right there by that valve. They he don't back down. You. A cottonmouth is aggressive, buddy. They'll pop you in a heartbeat. Oh, you know it. You know it. So anyway, it uh, yeah, your intuition kicks in, boy. It does. Always go with it. <laughs> you better. You better. <laughs> something you don't feel right about something, or you think you know, hey, go with it, because uh, something's telling you. Maybe it's your guardian angel. I don't know, but hey. <laughs> yeah. Intuition. I, uh, I, I was deer hunting one time up in Kerrville on a buddy of mine's ranch up there. And uh, they dropped me off to hunt this one stand. I had them drop me off probably, oh, a couple of hundred yards from where the stand was. So I eased up there in the dark. And when I got to the stand, it was an old ground stand, ground blind. It was wooden. Mm -hmm. And when I eased up there, I didn't want to turn on any lights or anything. You know, I was trying to be real quiet. I got up there to that stand. And when I, I reached out to get the door. I noticed the door was cracked open about three inches. And I said, oh, this isn't good. And I eased that door open. And when I did, I heard that rattlesnake buzzing inside that stand. Oh, no. No, no. Oh, me. yeah. Oh, boy. I just slowly closed that door. And I said, you got it, buddy. You can have it. You can have <laughs> yeah. it, Stan. That, uh, I'll, I'll hunt. Hey, Blaine had a ground blind like that over at uh, one of his ranches, Montavos. And, uh. There was a rattlesnake living under that blind. You'd sit in there oh. on your hunt, and you'd hear him buzzing under the floor of it. Oh my goodness! That'd make for a well, you know. Uh, well, years ago we had a we had another double tripod uh, on the uh, on the south side of the ranch there, and so I said, well, one morning I corn this Cindera, and I said I'm gonna go sit up in that tripod. I'm scouting anyway, and just see what's coming. Well, I climbed up in that tripod, and I'm sitting up there, and got daylight and i saw some pretty good bucks you know and everything i'm kind of keeping count of what i'm seeing right. well when i went to crawl down i i just happened to look down underneath that tripod there was a badger hole a pretty good sized badger hole and i thought oh my goodness i wonder how many rattlesnakes are down in that boy i could be a den yeah oh it could easily be a den i guarantee you I, we were riding back to the ranch house one day along this one one of these little roads, and there was about a six footer laid across the road, uh. and uh, I carried a pistol with me and I jumped out, and uh, that snake took off and he ran up uh, on the edge of the road. He kind of got up on the, where the bulldozers had kind of pushed up the dirt along the edge of the road. He went over that burn and into this into this uh, brush. And he didn't go six feet and disappeared, just vanished. And I just froze, you know. And I said, he's in a den, you know. He went straight to a den. That's where he right. was headed. And he went right at the base of one of those uh, mesquite trees. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he shot straight into that den. He knew where he was going. Yeah, you'll see them. You know, we, we're looking for a wounded deer or something. You can uh... – you get in those mots, 
and you, you get to looking around on the ground and you'll see those holes at the base of those uh, mesquite trees and you'll see snake drags going into them and that's oh yeah oh yeah man there ain't no deer in this yeah, we, mod i'm out of here <laughs> go to the next a, one <laughs> we had some hunters from wisconsin came down and uh one of them had wounded a deer right at dark and uh so Not we got good. a bunch of us out there to track this deer and uh i was following this blood trail and well first off these guys from wisconsin they came down here to hunt in tennis shoes and i go oh my god guys this is south texas man <laughs> you know you need some snake boots <laughs> well it was funny they they're out there tracking deer trying to find this deer in tennis shoes and all of a sudden i had my headlight on and i'm, I'm tracking this blood trail and all of a sudden this one guy from Wisconsin came running by me. I mean, running. I said, what are you doing? He said, there's a huge snake. I just, I just ran up on a big snake. And I said, uh, well, what was it? What kind of snake? He said, I don't know, but I got a picture of it. Well, it was about a six or seven foot rattler. That's what it was. Oh, man. Yeah. And he was lucky he didn't step well, no on No boots. You know? Yeah, he's lucky. Well, tennis shoes. I said, man. boy. I said, you come back down here, you better be wearing snake boots. I guarantee you. Yeah. What do you wear? I've got those Justins. That's what uh, I got. Yeah. I'm going to give me the, uh, those new Twisted X or whatever they're called. They're so much more comfortable. You were telling me that. Yeah. That's what Blaine and all them are wearing now. And, uh, it, uh, man, I've had those Justins, I don't know, 12, 14 years. Had them a long time. Oh, me too. Me too. And you know you put them on, they feel so good because they're they molded to your foot, you know. Yeah. After that many years, and I keep thinking, well, I carry an extra set of snake boots with me just in case the the boot would blow out, you know, mm -hmm. rip. And uh, but they still hanging in there, you know. They're still still doing good, but uh, good. Can grief. you imagine? Can you imagine how many people, you know, with all this uh, illegal immigration? going on oh how many people that walking through south texas and all that brush country out there especially at night how many of them oh. get bit by rattlesnakes oh it, it would probably stagger you i mean especially it, through it blaine's area i mean if you really just wanted to ride around in the evenings right at dark and just hunt rattlesnakes i mean you kill 10 or 12 every night yeah i mean they're, they're I was, that's just snake country down there man I was going to pick up a guy one day, one afternoon, and uh, it was slowly getting dark, and I was just going down this one road just to, uh, to along the brush there just to get close enough to that stand. And uh, this Suburban has a high rack up on it. Well, I had uh, this young man up on the rack, and uh, he was riding up high, and so I'm just driving down the road, and all of a sudden I slammed on the brakes, and there was a rattlesnake, laying in that road and he just covered the whole road you know oh, one, one side to the other and i stopped and i looked at him and boy he was he was probably seven or eight feet long that's a big and uh, he's a big and uh, i speeded up and i ran over him and then i backed up and ran over him again and uh he slithered off into the brush you know yeah and that's in that and sandy I, soil down there on those senderas no. it's hard to kill them running over them you know it, it is. It is. You just hardly just ever get out of the truck and shoot them. Yep. And I, I, I stuck my head out the window and I said, uh, did I get him? 
he said, oh, yeah. Yeah, you got him all right, and he is really mad. <laughs> yeah, go in there and get him. Drag him out of there for me. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> a mad rattlesnake. <laughs> let's, go, let's go get him. He was buzzing, boy. Have you seen yeah. some of these videos of these knuckleheads playing with them rattlesnakes down there? They'll walk up to them and pick them up. Oh, my goodness. Well, Not hard, didn't man. they have a guy in career get killed last year by one? I think he did. It seemed uh, like I he heard was, something. Somebody got bit down in that area and, and died. And he was used to handling them. He handled rattlesnakes. And he, I think it hit him in the neck. Or, I think oh, it hit him yeah, in the neck. you're done. That's, he uh, was done. That's like that little boy years ago. He went out to the to the garage to get a, you know, his dad's glove and his glove and ball to play catch with his dad. And on that shelf, he reached up there to get those gloves, and there was rattlesnake up on that shelf, coiled up, and popped him right in the face, killed him. Mm, mm, mm. That was several years back. I remember reading that story on that. That's that's tragic. Yeah, you play catch with your dad and end up dying. I tell guys that come down to the ranch to hunt, if they don't have snake boots on, uh, I get out of the truck before they do. I say, you let me get out and make sure there's no snakes around there before you get out. And uh, Yeah, that's what Blaine does. And, you know, in the early morning hunts when it's uh, dark, he'll pull right. up to them and uh, shine his lights under the stand and around it where, you know, before he lets anybody oh, yeah. have to crawl up in the blind. Oh, I do the same thing. I do the same thing. And what a lot of people don't realize, if you got some of these old stands with, like, wooden stairs and stuff, those right. snakes can go up those wooden stairs. Yeah, they can. They'll crawl right up those things. Don't don't think they won't. As uh, years and years ago, uh, we had a hunter that they dropped off at one of the stands, and when he got up in this old stand, when he opened the door, that snake, there was a big rattlesnake inside the stand, buzzing. Ugh. Yeah, because they can they can get up those wooden stairs. They'll do it. I've never seen one climb these steel stairs, but uh, but they'll get up that wooden stairs. In my house here in Port O'Connor, when I walk out, <clears throat> when I open the door, I'm looking on the ground on the deck sure. before I step out. Exactly. Because I've had them up here on my deck before. You know, I crawled up in a stand one morning in the dark, <laughs> and. uh I opened that door up and flipped it open, and a rat jumped out of there and hit me in the head. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure everybody could hear me squealing. I thought, man, oh, I done boy. got popped right in the head, forehead, with a, from a rattlesnake was a big old, you know, pack rat. He yeah. got up had, in that blind, spent the night, and when I opened the door, he'd come out of there, buddy. <laughs> we had one, of the, one stand had one of those great big old soft chairs in it you know high back chairs well it uh-huh. had uh, mouse holes in it and everything well uh the ranch manager he was over there sitting in that stand one morning scouting and he said he, he was just barely breaking day and he he felt something on his shoulder and he looked around and there was a mouse sitting on his shoulder <laughs> <laughs> well that'll get your attention yeah well <laughs> yeah <laughs> Blaine's got oh. one ranch that the woodpeckers are really bad, and they'll they'll peck holes in those wooden stands and uh-huh. uh, get inside of them. And you can see where Craig, Blaine's brother, he always goes around with little blocks of wood with a with a Dewalt, and he'll screw, you know, covers over those holes, patch them. Well, I was in the stand nice. one morning. This woodpecker kept coming in, bugging me during the middle of that hunt, and it sounded like, I mean, 
he's going to scare the deer off, all the bumping into the walls and flying around. He didn't like me being in that stand. And I'd catch him and open the door and throw him out. And five minutes later, he'd come back and come in the same hole. And, oh, man. Uh, I had some paper towels in my shell bag, my backpack, and I just stuffed him in that hole where he couldn't get back in there. He was making all kinds of noise. We had a we had a real old stand, one of those old black fiberglass stands. Uh-huh. And, uh, oh, those things are hot, man. That ain't a good oh, South Texas stand. If you want to bake like, like a oven. potato in the oven, buddy, hunt an afternoon like, in one of those. <laughs> oh, they're like an oven. Well, anyway, this particular one, the windows were knocked out of it, and the owls had been in it and all that. And so we uh, we lowered it down and drug it off and brought in a new Atatosha stand, one of the real good ones. Right. And we set it up. And so I said, well, I'm going to hunt that stand in the morning, see what's coming to this feeder. Well, I'm sitting in that in that brand-new stand, you know, and I'm waiting on daylight. All of a sudden, just as it's breaking day, boy, bam, an owl hit the window. I mean, you talk about <laughs> get your attention. <laughs> boy, howdy. That yeah, owl them, hit that window. He wanted in that stand, boy. <laughs> Man. That's why you close them blinds up when you leave them. Leave them like you found them. Shut all the windows oh, you, and everything. Those owls will get in there, and they make a mess, boy. They're nasty. Oh, they do. But, you know, one, I was hunting in Carrizo Springs on a friend of mine's place, and he uh, he had this one, uh, one old guy that was like a caretaker. And that guy... Love the owls. Well, he'd go around and open up a window on a stand so the owls could get in them. What? I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, man. Well, I went to one of these stands, my favorite stand on the ranch, one morning, and I got in there, and there was a window open. But the owls hadn't been in there too bad. It wasn't messed up too bad. And uh, this this window, the, the wooden window, folded in into the blind. And... Uh, so that the flap was down. Well, I got in, I'm shining a flashlight all around, you know, looking for a wasp or anything. And because it was kind of, kind of cool that morning. Well, just as it was kind of starting to kind of break day, I thought, you know, I didn't look underneath that window flap mm. and I raised that window flap and it was solid red wasp. Oh under boy. That, under that flap, solid. Well, luckily I had a can of wasp spray in my backpack. And, buddy, I went to working on those red wasps. <laughs> Man, I had them crawling all over me. You know how they'll, they'll, you knock them down with that spray, but they're still crawling around Yeah, the they're all and, stunned, and they'll start crawling all over yeah. the place. Yeah, that's nasty. Yeah, they're all over you, you know, and I'm knocking them off myself. I looked up, and I saw a, saw a buck standing at the edge of the brush staring at the stand. I'm he could sure hear all that <laughs> racket going on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's going on over there. And I could see that white patch right under his under his head, you know, on his neck. And uh, boy, he was a good deer. I was looking at. He was probably twelve points. And uh, I thought, boy, you, I bet you are wondering what's making all this noise over here. But I said, I got you ready to wasp. Or I, I deer heard one. that. Wow, that's man. Well, Lynn, man. I'm out of time, buddy. If somebody wants to call you about one of them package hunts in November. How do they, you know, yes. give them a number where they can get a hold of you and get set up on yeah. that? Four, that's right. four men. Yeah, they need to call me. They yeah, call four me men on I'll each hunt. You up. want to do two or three of them, and it's 3,500. That's a uh, big management yeah. eight and two does. That's that's good yeah. deal. 3,500. Yes, not bad at all. And lodging got, and all. Yes, lodging and guide and everything. So, yeah, they can reach me at uh, 361 935 
6833. All right, buddy. Well, Lynn, have a good Sunday. Always enjoy it, man. Thanks for all the info and the good stories, and I'll talk to you next week. Right. You take care, bud. Yeah, I'll be back on the water tomorrow, so all right, keep your fingers crossed, man. All right. <laughs> Top waters right. and the southwest wind. Go get them, pal. You, you betcha. <laughs> All right. Have a, See you, man. Have a good one, baby. All right, later. All right, that's Captain Lynn Smith down in Port O'Connor. All right, our top of the hour coming up with the national anthem and all that. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.